Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. John Gruden was forced to resign as head coach of the Las Vegas Raiders because of racist, homophobic, and misogynistic emails. Maybe he didn't know or just didn't care that email is forever. Apple has new M1X processor-powered hardware coming out, but the tech has already copped two MacBook Pros just to be safe and make sure that he gets one. And Facebook is hiring 10,000 EU workers to build an open-source augmented and virtual reality-based metaverse. We clearly see the business benefits, but we can also see anarchy and mayhem for consumers. We've got all this and more in Episode 6 of The Tech John. From Columbus, Ohio, I'm your host, Rob Dunwood. And straight out of Philly, it's your girl, Tech Life Steph, in the building. Yo, this is Terrence Gaines, a.k.a. Brother Tech, out of Atlanta. I'm going to stop saying the suburbs. You get it now. I'm saying. (laughs) You get it now. You can just say down south. (laughs) I'm down south. Is it uh is it still chilly down there? Did it warm back up? Uh it it's doing the sixties in the morning and then gets up to about seventy and then stays there to about, you know, seven, eight o'clock. So for us, it is hoodie and turn on the heat weather down here in Atlanta. Turn on the heat. What come on? <laughs> <laughs> come on. I can see a hoodie, but you do not I, you just need see a blanket. I, we, a blanket and I got weekend. my hoodie on. Listen, so. it's cold up here. I was like all day today I've been freezing. So, so Wednesday, I, I want to say Wednesday last week, it was eighty six degrees. And Thursday last week it was fifty six degrees. Yeah, that's so, pretty much the heat here. got turned off. In fact, the turned the off. weatherman, um, he 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 made a joke. He's like, if you if you enjoying this eighty six degree record day, because it was like the hottest day on record. I think we tied a record. Uh, you better go outside and do a dance because you're not gonna see this for another eight months or so. So I was like, okay, fall's <laughs> really here, and it's like you, it's it looks exactly the same, but it's just thirty degrees cooler. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, it is jacket and hoodie weather. I got my. I don't mind. I like my, the fall. My black museum is- hoodie on today. So y'all, we have we have uh, we're, we're doing a live stream. This is, this is our first official live stream, and we actually have a couple of uh, patrons from Patreon on right now. Are they in though? Because I'm still waiting on this thing to fire. Up. I know. I don't see this stream either. I have I I got my phone up, and it's still we're still waiting. Even I, I know the delay can't be that. It can't long. be that long. okay let let me rephrase we're trying to do our first (laughs) live stream today um we we will eventually get this figured out but uh so i don't know what it is with news coming out 
as we're doing our recording or shortly after we're doing our recording. Um, the, the thing that was just hitting the news and I even asked in our notes, is this a tech story? The John Gruden thing with, uh, so is there more information coming out? No, there's not more information. It's just the fact that this is 2021. Now I know he did this in 2014, but you have to have some etiquette about yourself. You would actually put that kind of stuff. An email? Is it, is it just, is it not general knowledge that when you put something on the internet, it is there forever? Well, so here's the thing though. It is, it went over the internet, but it is technically a private conversation. I have to take issue here because this is, this is kind of what I do. And I, I was waiting for this because I was waiting for the shameless plug. Um, so I wrote a book. And it's called Don't Let Your Digital Footprint Kick You in the Butt. And the digital footprint part of that mm-hmm. is key here because emails are a part of your digital footprint. Mm-hmm. And we can talk about, and that's the that's the problem, Rob. You say it, it's 2021. People still don't know. What people don't really understand is that their digital footprint extends beyond social media. Your digital footprint is any and all of your electronically connected activity. So anything you do that goes across the internet is a part of your digital footprint because it is searchable and it is recoverable. So that's why it becomes a part of your digital footprint. It's not like it's something that will go away and nobody will ever be able to get it again. It's Mm -hmm. searchable and recoverable. So it is now a permanent part of your digital footprint. So that's the part that people miss. Everybody knows you can get canceled for for tweeting something reckless Mm -hmm. or, Mm -hmm. or, or posting something on a gram. A lot of people still don't really realize that those emails are a part of that process. And that group chat is a part of that digital footprint. And your Google searches are a part of that digital footprint. And the data on your Apple Watch or your smartwatch is a part of that digital footprint. So all all of that all of that siri alexa you know and like i said anything that is electronically connected to the internet is a part of your digital footprint and 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 it's pretty much fair game so you know hopefully the people listening are 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 understanding that because we we still as a society don't have that concept sort of solidified in our in our consciousness. That's why I asked if this is a tech story. And since this is a tech show, for those who may not know what is going on with uh, uh, the Washington football team and former Oakland or Oakland, former Las Vegas Raiders coach. Before you get into it, before you get into it, um, totally off subject, but not really. The reason well, not the reason, the reason I want to believe why they're called the Washington football team and everybody thinks that's a corny name and they, they unoriginal. Uh, how come they come, come up with a name? Right. Because they to me, it sounds like they were trying to take the lead of what a lot of these soccer teams are doing. And they called themselves the whatever football club. Or whatever, you know, football, um, I'm talking soccer, of course, you know, soccer club. They call themselves clubs, but they really don't have a name. So I think the Washington football team was like, all right, uh, let's try something different. What the soccer folks are doing. OK, we're going to call ourselves the Washington football team. So that's just my aside. So Wasn't that supposed to be a placeholder, though. Aren't they still eventually going to have a name or is that name the Washington football team? They are the Washington football team. Like I said, and the reason why it's sticking 
um, well, it stuck and they kept with that was because a lot of soccer players, teams call themselves football clubs. Right. So. Um, it was a horrible name before. So, so I am, <laughs> I'm absolutely glad that they are no longer referring to themselves as that. But, you know, the, the story is that uh, the Washington football team, who is – as far as football teams go, they're horrible ownership. I mean, it, it may be the worst ownership in all of football and mm-hmm. they have all kinds of issues. So many so that the NFL has been doing an investigation. So they basically say, yeah, we want 650,000 emails. And this is how John Gruden got caught up because this is going back to 2014 um, mm-hmm. when he made this really egregious stuff. And um, what was interesting was that the first bit came out last Sunday. We didn't even talk about it because it, you know, the 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 Raiders didn't make a big deal of it. You know, this dude still coached when he actually, what was it that he said? He said that uh, DeMorris Smith, who was the uh, general manager, NFL PA Association, right, Players Association, um, that his lips were as big as Michelin tires, right? Yeah, he he so, actually said that, and it's like. Dude, it's like, are you from like 1946 with that stuff? Number one, it's like, you know, if you're going to you know, come up with some new original racism, don't don't go to the old tropes that have been around for 100 years. Right. And not just that. He called him dumb Morris instead of dumb Morris. He right. said dumb Morris lips as big as Michelin tires. Now, his explanation <laughs> was this is the terminology that I or that is used to. Uh, say that somebody is lying, saying that their lips are fatter than Michelin tires, Bruh. something like that, Bruh. because that is Bruh. the terminology for people who are lying. <laughs> so that was his, that was his first so, excuse. I don't know who first said this. I heard Bomani Jones uh, from the Right Time with Bomani Jones, uh, who was a, just a brilliant sports analyst, but he gets into the social commentary uh, <laughs> quite effectively. He said he read through the entire email thread. This particular one where he made these mm-hmm. comments about uh, Mr. Smith. Not once did he ever say he was lying about anything. So it's like you mm-hmm. just it's like you could even come up with something better. It's like you, you had a whole day to have your PR team come and put something in place. And this was the best you came up with. It's like you're not even trying to hide. Uh, I mean, you know, I how think you really this feel. Is just, uh, uh, I don't want to say I don't want to call it typical because I don't want to say all white people or whatever. But this is a a, a pretty Typical in its execution, I guess. Um, not necessarily typical of what white people do, but typical in its execution um, of of toxic masculinity and racism. I mean, it's right. just garden variety tox- toxic masculinity and racism. It, it it doesn't surprise me at all. I mean, I haven't really rocked with the NFL since Cap, um, so I don't really follow a whole lot of this kind of stuff. What goes Which, on? Conspiracy, um, conspiracy theory. <laughs> The reason why these emails about John Gruden came up was because the re- the reason why the NFL settled with Kaepernick was because they were going to expose all of the NFL owners' emails. So the NFL was like, yeah, this is par for the course, just like you mentioned, Stephanie. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of owners who have probably said way worse. We don't want those emails out. So let's go ahead and settle with Cap and let's keep this moving. And then this new investigation kind of released this specific owner and this specific sportscaster or, you know, uh, I think uh, John Gruden's brother worked with the Washington uh, football team as well. So mm-hmm. they kind of 
in my opinion, threw John Gruden under the bus. It's like, yo, you're going to take this L. We're going to release your email. They threw him under a train loaded with buses. (laughs) (laughs) This is like, it's like this dude was, he was at ESPN at the time. And just so folks know, I don't in any way feel bad for John Gruden. I don't want this to come across this way, but he was completely thrown under the bus. And Mm -hmm. my thought is this, is that what was it? Uh, what do we call it back when we were in the Cold War with uh, with Russia and we weren't going to launch nukes on them and they weren't going to launch nukes on us because if either one of us did those things, Earth would be destroyed. What was that? Mutually assured destruction or something like that. There was a term for it. Yeah. I can't think of the name of it, yeah, but I'm kind of thinking like that. that that might be, you know, because somebody's leaking this, but they ain't leaked nothing about Dan Schneider. They ain't right. leaked nothing about what the league offices said. Right. They have not leaked anything about what any other owners have said. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, the one thing you have to remember is that uh, the commissioner works for the owners and the owners are saying, we don't want any of this stuff out there. I, I am certain that that has been said. We don't want this stuff out there. I know that the Players Association is asking that all 650,000 emails um, be released. Uh, yeah, don't 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 wait too long for that because you'll be waiting forever. If an amount of time before up. that happens, unless it gets yeah. leaked. Yeah, we ain't gonna send you six hundred fifty thousand. So let's toss you these couple yeah. with your boy. Right. <laughs> yeah, which is it's, it's like I said, just very, it's all very typical. It's how crises, PR crises, get handled yeah. for the most part. Somebody has to fall on their sword yeah. and um, and take the L. And I guess this was the guy. Um, exactly. But it's just like I said, digital. It's it's about your digital footprint. That I think you know, if you want to talk about this from a tech perspective, it's that understanding of what your digital footprint actually is, what it entails. You know, it's it's funny. I, I'm I'm gonna have to go back to the book really quick um, because I actually do an exercise in the book where I ask people to write down all of the things that they think. And make up their digital footprint. So everything you do that's connected to the internet. And I, and I did the exercise myself and you would be shocked and, and amazed at how much we rely on the internet these days for almost everything we do and, and how, and how we live our lives. So, so I, I think if any, if there's a takeaway besides don't be racist, um, it, 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 don't be racist on the internet, right? Don't be racist (laughs) on the internet. Um, and, and understand that your digital footprint is more than just social media. Right. Uh, another tech aspect of this, I was actually in a Discord chat with a uh, longtime listener of another one of uh, you know uh, my shows, and we were just going back and forth uh, on what is happening, you know, with the NFL. It's like there's got to be more, and it reminded me, uh, you know, a long time ago, I used to work for a company that actually built, uh, you know, they, they built uh, sentiment engines. That you could use in messaging systems and email so that this kind of stuff would never get sent out over a uh, corporate network. You don't want this stuff. Clearly, you don't want this stuff sent to your customers, but you don't want this kind of stuff sent internally. And at the time, it was near real time. It took three to 10 seconds for it to actually flag something and then pull it back. Um, you, you could actually, for like internal messaging systems, you could make sure that it had to go through this filter before the message could be like broadcast to groups or broadcast to all. But it wasn't real time. Well, this was a couple of years ago, three years ago. Uh, now I'm certain that there's some organization that is working on doing this stuff in real time. And it kind of has me thinking of like a Grammarly, but for racism, 
um, <laughs> you know, or misogynistic. Yeah, that's a billion dollar idea. That's that's right, that's, that's right. Like, uh, right there. Maybe you not want to say. Right yeah, maybe you well, not want to call him a monkey. Maybe you want to change thing, it. Though, um, <laughs> from the New York Times article, it said that he was actually sending these emails from his personal account. Right. But but Alan, whoever the Alan guy is was sending stuff from. So I guess that's how they got you know, I don't know if that if if that uh you know grammarly for racism would have caught his before they got sent. Uh but they would have caught the responses and 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 the interactions in general and maybe you would have flagged it or something like that. But you know, either way, digital footprint is digital footprint. <laughs> yeah. So like I said, that you know it's it's been hashed out. We've been talking about this for racism. a week, but I'm just like, like look, we need to start working on that for real. Like that's um, a billion dollar idea. It, 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 like I said, it probably already exists because you can load this, you know, load these sentiment engines up with whatever words, whatever phrases you want. So if you just go catch the right stuff, but I'm just like, dude, you you're using these tropes in an email that you're sending? Just how casual are you with your and racism? And, and it's and like, that's, that's what I, I can't, I just can't understand that. And that's like, the privilege because the privilege. everybody is doing it. He right. ain't the only one. Right. That is exactly. a whole, that's, that is a group of. And it's how business gets done there. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. part of the course. Cause I'm, I'm sure everybody else is sitting around like, what's the, what's the big deal? Like, right. you know what I mean? So yeah. But yeah, it's anyway. like so it wasn't just the racist stuff. What was interesting though was that the racist stuff didn't get him fired. That just got him in the hot water. It wasn't until the homophobic and misogynistic stuff, which was horrible. This dude was sending around new pictures of of cheerleaders, football cheerleaders, uh, you know, and and stuff like that. So it's like you know, clearly, John, you know, we we now know that John Gruden is a horrible, horrible, horrible person. But um, I'm just like, well, you're doing a, this in email. <laughs> well, uh, uh, he ain't horrible to everybody, according right. to Tony Clearly. Dungy, according to Mike Tirico, and uh, according to a couple other uh, Raiders players. You know, he couldn't have been the nicest guy. But again, what you do in the dark come shall come to light. And, and listen, you know, I and again, I don't even know this man. I, I don't really care anything about him. So I'm not defending him at all. But I think we all hold some sort of biases and and, you know, bigotry and and whatever most of us just got enough sense not to email that junk to nobody else you know what i'm saying and it's just like you know keep it to yourself keep it for the cigar keep it for the locker room keep it for the cigar bar keep it for happy hour drinks when you vent into your peoples but 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 know that if you choose to share this type of thing electronically it can be searched and And found that's it so it was like i said i just i was like Really? <laughs> this yes, was, really. It was really you, you put this in email for real. Like, and it yes. wasn't. It wasn't just one email. It's like you can't say that he was just having a bad day. <laughs> like I was, I was just, I was just having a bad racism day. You know that that, that wasn't it. This is like multiple emails over. Well, years. well, he said he said he didn't have a racist bone in his body. Now he got so. a whole they skeleton. Got a yeah, whole skeleton up. Yeah, the bones ain't it's the not, problem. It's not a bone. It's all the bones. I'm just or glad he, it, it ain't bones. It's your organs, your brain, and your heart and your mouth. I'm glad <laughs> that he didn't hit us with the. Well, this is not what's in my heart because I've had to tell people a lot. I don't honestly. If you're not a friend of mine. Or family, I don't care what's in your heart. I care what what you did, you know, about right. what you did, what you did, and how it affected me. So, what's in your heart doesn't matter. I don't, I don't see myself ever really getting to know John Gruden. I don't need to know what's in your heart. I know what you said, bro, and it <laughs> it it got it, it lost your hundred million dollar job. 
hundred million dollars. He was on, he was only what four years into it. I'm, I'm going to go out and assume that, uh, the Raiders probably, they just, they just, you're gone. What we've paid you is what we've paid you. And, and that's it. I doubt that he's getting another penny out of that organization. But then again, you never know because he was having conversations with, uh, it wasn't just one person at the Washington football team. Clearly, he, if you know, somebody who holds views like this and is that casual with him, he probably had these kind of conversations other places too. He'd so, be all right. So exactly. We, so we can kind of move on. So yeah, didn't some good stuff happen at Apple today? Yeah. <laughs> Terrence, I was gonna let you go with what happened at the Apple event. Um, there, yeah, there's sure. two pieces of you know. I, I actually did have it on. I, I you know, I, I'm not anti Apple. I just don't own many Apple devices. Um, but I actually had it on and there were a couple of parts that I was truly interested in. So I want to get your take as you go through all of the stuff that kind of happened in the Apple event today. Yeah, sure. Uh, of course, they had some lead up stuff. They talked about a low tier entry level voice subscription for Apple Music. So if you have. I was curious about that. Does that mean you're on, you can only use your voice to use it? You can only use your voice to access Apple's so, music library. So the way it works, not very disability friendly or, or um, friendly abled people friendly. No, if you if you have a, a, a disability as it relates to voice, as it relates to maybe even sound, um, yes, there is a challenge there. Uh, okay. The way it works, again, no interface, no visual, no touch interface. It's all via Siri, and the way it works is you access Apple's music library by talking to Siri. Like you'll say, hey, and I don't want to say it because it'll fire off all my devices. <laughs> <laughs> Everything in his house will be like, what, Terrence? What? Right. <laughs> hey, homegirl. Um, ah. Right. Um, nice. I need some relaxing music. And she'll play a curated playlist. Again, I don't know if this is all... Um, um, is it automatic? Is it, you know, AI or is it a manually curated list of relaxing music? But you say or you say, hey, homegirl, you know, I'm in a party mood and she'll fire up a playlist or give me the top 10 or give right. me the top 40 or whatever. No, no. Again, no typing, no tapping, you know, no visual, any sort of thing. It, it digs in and comes up with these curated music playlists, similar to like Spotify, because Spotify is real good at curating playlists. Apple Music, maybe they're still trying to catch up, but maybe this is their way of saying, hey, we've got this nice um, library catalog of these millions of uh, music. Let us let us figure out what you like. Do we think this is just a cash grab, though, just to get $5 out of people? No, um, because of the next thing I'm about to announce is the HomePod Mini. What they're really trying to do is get more adoption of the HomePod Mini. For so this would know. go in line with that and be all voice activated. Exactly. That so, makes sense. Right. So the HomePod Mini, they, it's the same price, um, but they've got different colors. They've got a white. The colors were very cool. Right. They've got a white, a yellow. Well, they've already had the white. So they add a yellow. They add a orange. They add a blue to go with the, blue with, the, right, with the white and then the space gray, which is already what they had. Again, same price. But again, if you just are using uh, HomePod as a smart home assistant to power lights, to do TV, now you can use it separate of your phone because with this Apple Voice Music subscription, you don't necessarily have to attach your phone to it to 
play these playlists. That and, makes that makes a lot of sense now. Right. That makes like I was like, well, voice like I what the, what would be the point of that? But um, <laughs> but that makes a lot of sense. I also I liked um, and I know there are some other voice assistants where you can do this in a different way in mm-hmm. a more in a more involved way. Um, shout out to those Android users that love you know uh, customizing their stuff but make it harder to do everything. Um, right. The uh, the intercom feature. Right. On right. the home pod, that was really, really cool. And, and, you know, the way they showed that video and she was like, come get lunch and, and didn't have to scream all over the house for that. That, that, that was a pretty cool feature. Yep. Absolutely. So they're trying to get more, um, um, people to adopt home pod mini by offering up this voice subscription service because the home pod mini, there's no sort of inf- interface whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. so the next thing they offered up, which is a little bit more expensive is the AirPods three. This is the third generation of the AirPods, which make it this new design makes it look similar to the AirPods Pro. It has the same type of case. It has the same wireless charging. It adds the spatial audio for this, you know, for those who don't know, instead of just having left and right, the spatial audio gives you above, below, in front and behind, give this more in, in immersive uh, sound stage with your AirPods 3. Um, it adds adaptive EQ and a low end driver. So you can get that base, uh, based on what you're listening to. The differences between the AirPods 3 and the AirPods Pro is the AirPods Pro have active noise cancellation. That the AirPods 3 do not. Clutch. Right. And that comes very, you know, depending on uh, where you are in your environment, if you're outside doing yard work, mowing the lawn, if you're out in the streets, you know, that noise, that active noise cancellation um, comes in clutch, especially if you're on a flight mm-hmm. and all these crazy folks okay. <laughs> as of late, <laughs> you, you go ahead and turn on your noise cancellation and tune that smooth on out okay. on, the, on the AirPods Pro. You can't do that on the AirPods 3. But the price, right? So the AirPods 3 are 179 as opposed to the AirPods Pro 249. Mm-hmm. So that, you know, that's a, a pretty big price difference. So you have to decide, you know, what's more important is the price. I think this is going to get Apple back into, because I, I didn't realize I was just doing a little bit of research for this particular part of the um, show. Apple had 50% of the market share on true wireless earbuds back in 2019, like half just on AirPods alone. So um, it'll be, I'll be curious to see how much they can get back with these new, um, you know, enhancements and upgrades to to the new AirPods. Because I think the price point is still fair. Right. And speaking on that, these new AirPods 3 or 179, they dropped the price of the AirPods, the second Mm -hmm. generation, down to 129, which is even more uh, economically uh, advantageous. And personally, I'm a little bit hurt because like three weeks ago, maybe I just bought my wife a pair of AirPods and then they put these joints out. So <laughs> I have to Take decide. On- three weeks, <laughs> you still got like hey, days hey, on I may, I may have to, I may have to pull the trigger on that. For real, but again, with, right. With the supply chain shortage, I'm gonna have to make a decision quick because who knows if these things will be available, you know, come a couple of weeks from now when people really start getting into the buying season. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. So the next up is probably the, the more important, well, the more featured announcements are Apple has announced new pro we'll call them pro uh, M one chips. So the previous ones were the M one chip that came in the, uh, the MacBook pro, the 13 inch, 
But these new M1 Pro, they call it the M1 Pro and the M1 Max. So now they've got two Pro versions of this next level Apple Silicon chip. And can we just say Apple's bet on their own Silicon paid the F off like big time. I mean, these chips are impressive. I was I was sitting there like like, like it was just the, the the capabilities was so 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 impressive. Shout out to Apple on this because they they did the damn thing with these chips. They really did to the point that it has me thinking about getting like a Mac Mini. Um, as a you know, I, I only want to use it for doing video. Something I I, I want to get into video editing is just something I want to learn how to do. And um, you know, I'm I'm you know a Premiere person because I am coming from PC. But, you know, people are saying that this will run Premiere like a champ. I know. And it's I like, know. you can do this yeah, on a eight $900 Mac Mini compared to a $3,000, uh, you know, like Dell laptop. Right. You because know? the Mac, right. Because the Mac Minis run the regular, I call it M1 regular. That's the regular M1 chip. Um, I think a lot of people were waiting on this M1 Pro and M1 Max mm-hmm. is because these chips were not available in a larger MacBook. They were just available in the MacBook Pro, the 13-inch, and the Mac Mini that Rob is talking about, right? So real quick, do some quick specs. For the M1 Pro, it's an eight-core CPU with six performance cores and two efficiency cores, a 14-core GPU, everything on the chip, the, 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 um, the, the processor, the graphics card, you know, and now the, um, the Ram is all on this chip. So you get, uh, again, 16 core newer engine, uh, 200 gigabits per second memory bandwidth, which is 70% faster than the old school. Now we'll call it old school, the M one regular, right? So -hmm. then if you move up to the M one max, you get a 10 core CPU with eight performance cores and two efficiency cores, 32 core GPU, 16 core newer engine, 400 gigabits per second bandwidth, which is four times faster than the M1. Again, like Rob mentioned, the the M1 regular was nothing to sneeze at, but right. now you step it up even more. So this is I got to I got to I got to give a shout out to Dr. George. Um he was my professor for microprocessors when I was an electrical engineering undergraduate student at Florida A&M University and I actually thought I was going to be this person, like designing this chip. Like that was one of my lanes that I thought I might go down um, with that degree was in basically building computers and designing microprocessors. And we did, you know, machine language coding, you know, back in the day, old school, zero, like literally zeros and ones and and translated into hex and and all of that. So, you know, I I just was geeking out so hard when I was listening to um, the the guy in the in the lab with the gray hair. I don't I forget his name. Um, um, He had an accent. Uh, um, I he was the one kind of going through all of these specs, and I'm just sitting there listening, name? like Damn. Craig Figure Federighi. I think it wasn't Craig; it was yeah. another guy. It was, oh, it was, it another, was another guy. guy. Okay. Yeah, okay. Um, but I was just I was just geeking out so hard, and I, I just thought of Dr. George right in that moment. It was like, dang, if I would have just hung in there, that could have been me, <laughs> you know, rattling off those specs or, or, at the, uh, at the <laughs> Apple headquarters. But but really, really powerful stuff. I'm I'm super super impressed. No, the, these yep. specs made my ears perk up because you know as I'm looking at the you know the M1 Max, it's like. Okay, if this thing is going to be four times faster 
than that joint that came out last year. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking at what people are doing, the rent, like 8K renders on a Mac Mini that you spent right. $800 on. Yep. And yep. it's like, wait a minute. I'm like, I, I mean, I'm all into the Windows ecosystem, but when it comes to getting work done, these are just purpose built machines as far as I'm concerned. If I want to, if, if I have a machine that I'm using to just go render, I don't even have an 8K monitor to look at 8K stuff. But if I, if I wanted to render it, I know that I'm going to not just go get coffee. I'm probably going to drive somewhere and go get lunch for like an hour and come back. Um, and hopefully that thing is done. Um, and I'm looking at folks do stuff that, you know, on my super high end, uh, Dell XPS laptop that takes me 30, 40 minutes, I'm looking at them do the same job in 8, 12, 13 minutes on a Mac Mini that cost a fourth of what my laptop cost. Let that me break my ears which, up. Which, which Dell do you have? Um, I have the 2019 Dell XPS 15. So I had this to tell. Uh, this was another story I wanted to tell, too, because I'm so and I, and I actually stand for Dell a little bit um, and HP because I used to rep them on QVC. But this is my 2020 um, I bought this last June. This is the XPS 15. Like, I think I, I think I got the i12, uh, in here with, um, 12 gigs of RAM, like two terabyte. Like, I got everything in here I could get, like mm-hmm. upgraded all the way. And the one thing, the other thing I saw about the MacBook that I was like, damn it, you won't make me buy the, the fans and the yes, cooling they're so system. Quiet. Yep. Listen, yep. when I, I bought this in June of last year, by August, this thing was heating up to where I couldn't even touch it. Yep. And to the point where they had to send a guy out, they sent a guy out to, to replace the fans in here. He came with his mask and sat at my desk and did his little thing. Literally once he closed it back up and turned it on, it heat back up and he couldn't <laughs> even touch it. So I had to end up sending it away mm-hmm. to back to whatever lab factory or whatever. They did something and send it back and it had it gets a little warm now but it definitely not like it was literally burning me um, right. how, how how hot it was getting um it gets a little warm um and i can use it mostly but the fan is the loudest thing the two fans in here are the loudest two fans i have ever heard this is why i got like you can't see my computer setup but i have a um it's probably 24 inches. It's pretty big. I have a all in one, an HP all in one. I got you. With, okay. with, you know, crazy specs on one part of my desk. And then I have a 23 inch Dell monitor doing a dual screen kind of thing. Cause I got the monitor when I bought this laptop last, right, last right. year. I was like, let me just get the whole setup. Cause I do a lot of video editing. I was like, I'm going to get my whole setup. I need a bigger screen. I'm going to do all this stuff. I'm going to get, you know, got my little finance and all this other stuff, paid my computer off and was supremely disappointed with the way this thing performed. It was fast enough. But again, that heat situation and now that the fan situation, you saw where I pulled it from. It literally sits on a shelf now un- until I need to actually travel with a computer. Gotcha. This is my travel laptop now, but super, super disappointed. So when I saw that cooling thing on there, I was like, mm-hmm. I was like, damn it. <laughs> now, I will, I will say this about my 2019 back. model. This Dell XPS, it's a beast. I love it. Um, but you're right. It, when, it, when you're doing renders, it warms up. And when those fans kick in, 
it sounds like a helicopter taking off. I mean, they right. are they are not quiet. And you it hear me it? Nervous. I'm like, is this is this supposed to be happening? And sounding like I, this? No, I can't say this. Like, um, I don't know what's going on with your 2020 model, but I my 2019 model. It is only when I am like playing like a super. Like, if I'm playing a game, the fans will kick on. Or if mm-hmm. I'm doing any, anything in Adobe Premiere. After you know any any time you click the you know you know you try to render something absolutely um, when you click that export button yeah, it's it's all that's purpose. when it, it cuts I mean, on but that's what I bought it for right you know what I mean like and 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 that's what I paid for all the processor upgrades and RAM upgrades so that I could do this thing seamlessly on this machine and and it just complete like I said I think I I think I got a bad one but. Upon researching, I saw a lot of people having the same issue mm-hmm. with this computer. I mean, I thought I had mm-hmm. done enough research beforehand, but clearly I hadn't because afterwards, you know, I go look at the complaints and, and it's a laundry list of people that are like, my joint still heats up. What's going yeah. on? What's going on? I can't even use it. I can't even use it. So I don't know, Dell. I, I think y'all need to <laughs> go back to the drawing board because, I mean, these MacBooks, boy, I'm my, like, Ooh. Mine is only two years old and I still have two years left to go on it before I'm absolutely ready to upgrade this. But what I've determined is that, particularly with us being in a pandemic, I just don't travel anymore. I don't. Right. And um, I got this because, OK, if I go somewhere and I and I do something, I take a little bit of video, I'd want to be able to process it and do it while I'm at the event. Um, well, that's not my life anymore. So I don't necessarily want to because this is not a light laptop. I mean, it, it's it's light for a 15 inch, but it's not like it is light like a like an air. I mean, it's it is, you know, it's got some weight to it. Um, and it does get warm. You, you know, if you're doing video, you don't want this thing sitting on your lap because you will start sweating like a racehorse. So <laughs> you might burn yourself. And then I'm just thinking, it's like, okay, well, wait a minute. Do I do I really need to get another? You know, you know, pushing four thousand dollar laptop. And then I'm looking at these. It, you know, it, what uh, you know, the, what Mac is doing, what Apple is doing, and it's like, you know, the th- so here's the thing. The problem that I have always had with Apple is that it costs more to do the same or less. Um, and that has not been the case for a while. Um, you know, the prices have been coming down, but with this, with the M1, it's like, man, this thing could do a lot of work and it's not terribly right. expensive. It's not like you're spending more money to get the Mac than you would be spending to get a PC. Um, and you know, like I said, I'm, I'm not anti Apple at all. My first two or three laptops were, uh, you know, like PowerBook 520, 520C. Um, and I can't remember what I got after that, but my first two or three laptops were actual, uh, Apple devices, but it just got to the point where I was like, wait a minute, I want to spend this amount to get an Apple device or I can get a HP or Dell and it cost me a little bit less. And that's why I moved over to PC and have been there for, you know, 20, 20 some odd years. But man, Apple is kind of courting me with this stuff, you know, that's I coming know. out because Did it's just you like the money today, Terrence. Come on, man. What's my name? <laughs> what's my name? I bought I bought two of them out of a panic. But we'll get, we'll, 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 we'll get <laughs> to that. Like, just in case. Later. Let me let me get two, just in case one get delayed. Let me get one for the backup and just one to have. So I said just hold it and show people. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. 
To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. But you spoke on something, uh, Stephanie, you know, the sense that you wanted something that can do everything, right? Mm-hmm. Um nowadays. People like us who are getting into or already into content creation and not just recording a video and then editing it and then uploading it. I mean, like streaming, like what we're trying to do with this podcast. There are a lot of people who are streaming to YouTube, streaming gaming to Facebook, streaming to Instagram, Twitch, you know, and they don't either don't have the space or want something that's all in one, right? A lot of the pushback from the last year's M1 Max were the fact they were only 13 inch screens. Mm. There are a lot of people who want a larger laptop because this is the only one. I don't have a monitor. I don't have this big fancy setup. I don't have a dedicated space to where I can put a computer or two. I need one device that can do everything. It's big enough to where I can. Right. I need one device that can do everything. So a lot of people held off on getting the 13 inch MacBook Pro of last year because they were waiting on these new Macs with this new M1 Pro and M1 Mac, uh, M1 Max, uh, chip with the new 14 inch and 16 inch mm-hmm. MacBook Pro that Apple also announced at this event. So some of the features and benefits and the negatives if you're just talking about me, <laughs> they bring back ports uh, on the MacBook Pro. I saw that. That was that was a big deal. Right. The 13 inch Mac M1 Max uh, of last year had up to four USB-C ports. Everything is kind of going to USB-C, but still there are a lot of things that are USB-A. There are still a lot of things that are HDMI. There are still a lot of things that, uh, for instance, a lot of photographers, videographers, need that SD card slot. If we're talking pro users, yep. they may not want to be messing around with all these dangles or dongles rather. They just want to be able to uh, take their laptop, shoot their video, shoot their photos, pop the SD card slot in, open up Premiere, open up Final Cut, open up all these other uh, soft um, uh, products and just go. So Apple I was surprised my- to see that HDMI port and that SD card slot on. Right, that. right. I was very surprised to see that. Yep. So both of these 14 and 16 inch MacBook Pros offer uh, t- two at the least, four at the most uh, USB-C slots. They also bring an SD slot, HDMI, and they brought back the MagSafe port. That's the little magnetic charger mm-hmm. that you can pop in and I out. I that, yep. But the cool thing that I just found out is you can still charge your MacBook Pros using the USB-C cable. So again, if you've got a lot of ports or you need some configuration or you need some variety, you can use the MagSafe or you can also use the USB uh, ports to 
power up the devices. And you're uh, going to get uh 50% charge in 30 minutes. Right, so right. The, the chips and all the things working together inside that, that mm-hmm. gets you that as well. You so, get, you get more no. life. Yep. You get a better display. These are 120 Hertz refresh rate, uh, liquid retina XDR ProRes displays. So again, that goes to Rob's, uh, rendering in 8K and up these ProRes displays is one display on your MacBook without the extra XDR $10,000 Apple joints. You can use your laptop and actually see what you're actually able to record, edit and render in. So, um, the, the one thing that I was upset, pissed that they got rid of was the touch bar, but I'm in a small I was minority. Ask you about that. I think I figured you probably would be because nobody liked the touch bar. Nobody else, but nobody me. but you. I, I saw that too. I was like, I think that was probably a good idea for them. To, right. To so again, ma- yeah. majority rules. So they got rid of the touch bar, which was Apple's little, you know, top row interactive touch pad. That nobody, that, that nobody but me use, uh, but they still keep touch ID. So if you want to use your uh, fingerprint to unlock your phone, that's still there, but they replace the touch bar for the function, call them function keys that everybody's used to prior to the uh, M1 Max of last year. Uh, one of the things that they also brought that a lot of people didn't like is the notch. There's a little notch similar to your iPhone mm-hmm. That houses the cam, the 1080p camera, which that's an upgrade from last uh, previous generation. That was a big. What that was a big complaint for people. I don't know why. I really don't understand. It is what it is. I mean, if you can get 1080, like just put 1080 in there. Like honestly, like everybody else in the world now. You know, rocking their Logitechs and 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 everything else, and you don't necessarily want to have to have a separate webcam that's this is why i have a separate webcam because the webcam on my even even 1080p on this hp that I it have, ain't the same it's not the same it's not right. the same so you know if, if you can put it in the machine just put it in the machine right right Y'all, so a lot of I'm so a lot saying. of people a lot of people were up in arms in that which again like i said that's you know i ain't mad at it and yeah, i mean well, the notch gives you more room gives you more real estate on the screen so i'm not sure why people would have a problem with that right besides so, aesthetics Right. So, uh, again, um, all that again, touch bar, the 14 inch now with this M1, of course, these, you can configure these things up to like eight terabytes of storage. You can configure them up to, uh, 32 gigs of RAM. I I don't know if I want it eight terabyte because that, you know, Apple's going to charge you for that. I'd rather just oh, give me enough to do it. my work and let me plug because I want to have an external. Two is fine. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I want to have external maybe. docking station anyway from when I'm doing that level of work. But uh, but again, this is for those pro users who, again, are in their apartment or yeah, people who are adapting this new way of life, this new way yeah. of the internet, this streaming, you know, there are a lot of people that are doing it nowadays and they just want one. And somebody piece that's of editing a movie needs that. Right. Those right. Back, you know, yep. definitely. So the 14, yep. So the 14 inch starts at $2,000. The 16 inch starts at $2,500. And they are like they, 256. A, a 256 gig SSD. So right, basically right. you gonna need to spend some money to upgrade. Yeah. Oh yeah. Show. You can, you can spend some money, you know, uh, the available for pre-order today already, uh, which is why I bought two. Cause I was in a panic. <laughs> uh, so they announced it. That and I they ship next week. 
and they ship next week, uh, mm-hmm. next Tuesday to be exact. So my story was uh, after the Apple event was over, which is what I surmised that they were going to uh, open up their website and open for pre-orders. So I'm on the website trying to order something right here. <laughs> right. It's going slow. I'm switching from Wi-Fi to Ethernet using my iPad, using my phone <laughs> to try to get this order in because of this supply chain and this chip shortage. I don't want to wait until December to get my brand new MacBook that I just paid $2,800 for, right? So <laughs> I'm over here trying to order stuff and it's like I'm checking the the, the ship dates because every time you select a option, that changes your ship date, right? So I'm on here trying to click stuff and it's like, I know my time is running. I'm against this clock of these people trying to order this thing. So I'm like, all right, let me go ahead and order this, order that. So by the time I got done ordering the machine, it was like 3000 some odd dollars, right? So I was like, wait a minute. All right. So I put this order in. I was like, all right, well, let me play around a little bit more. So I was actually able to walk it back (laughs) based on my wallet and based on those shipping dates, I was actually getting away with actually coming out with a pretty decent machine and I'll end up getting mine next week. So uh, the reason why I upgraded, because I, too, I have a 15 inch MacBook Pro, but it's not even the M1. It's like a, uh, a quad core i7. And anytime I go to uh, stream a podcast or anytime I go to record our show, or actually join the show that I'm on now, my fan spins up as well. So it's like, mm-hmm. all right. But I also want a, a, a larger screen because I can't do the little 13 inch anymore. The 13, so, yeah. Right. So I opted for the 16 inch versus the 14 inch. I got the M1 Pro versus the M1 Max chip simply mm-hmm. because I don't have an M1 at all. So anything M1 will probably be leaps and bounds over what I'm dealing with now. So I didn't feel like I had to go. M1 Max because yeah, I'm a streamer. I edit some videos here and now, but I ain't doing 4K renders. I'm not doing all that, right? So I talked myself off a ledge, <laughs> saved me some money, and You're got like, early I don't need to spend four thousand dollars. <laughs> right. I, I so then I cancel. Go ahead. I just want to say there's probably people who are listening and saying it's like three thousand dollars or twenty five hundred dollars. That's not a lot of money. It's not. For this level of laptop. And, and, like, and, and this is what has me interested in this, is that this is right there with Dell. De- you know, this is what you would spend to get a Dell that can do what these can do. This is what you would spend and, to get a Lenovo that can do what these can do. So, you know, when Apple came out with that, the, you know, if they're M1, they, they have... And, go ahead. And you keep them forever. I got a 2016. Well, that's, that's the thing. Yeah. I've got a 2016 MacBook and I've had this for four going on, you know, five years, you know, with no complaints outside of the fan just now starting to spin up because I'm starting to do more. Right. So mm-hmm. you can get, it's, it's a that's safe the bet. Thing. You're going to get six, seven, eight, ten 10 years out of a MacBook. Whereas, you know, you and I, Rob, will be looking at MacBooks in two years. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So it, it's just the longevity. You can't beat Apple for the uh, longevity of their products either. Yep. So that's pretty much the gist of it that was announced at the Apple event. Like I said, um, if you're interested, uh, make up your mind. <laughs> you either want one, so you go order it now. Again, not because of, you know, uh, FOMO, but the fact that, you know, these supply chain issues, these chip shortages, even though Apple is making their own chips, 
Somebody's got to put them together. Apple ain't engineering or uh, assembling these things in California. They're doing that over in China and they got to ship these things over here. So if you're looking to purchase something, you know, make up your mind sooner than later, because, you know, if you order one, who knows, you know, when you'll get it. So that's mm-hmm. that's my only advice, which is, again, which is why I was panicking. It's like, you know, I don't want to pay upwards of two thousand dollars and I can't get it for months from now. I need to enjoy my stuff now. Right. <laughs> So for this uh, last story, um, I think, Stephanie, you were sending a text message out about it as I was actually reading an article about it. And then you just wrote this. Do you want to live in Facebook's metaverse? And I'm like, "Mm, I don't know about all that. But but, uh, tell folks what Facebook Facebook is planning to do, what they're planning to build. So Facebook has this, it's not just a Facebook idea. I think they are one of the larger companies that is, is, is sort of promoting this idea and, and, and trying to get it, you know, let's make the metaverse happen, like trying to make fetch happen, trying to make the metaverse happen, basically. Um, And it, and it's basically kind of the confluence of, of virtual augmented and physical reality on the internet? How do we, how do we make our experience on the internet sort of as close to an in real life and IRL experience as we can using the tools available to us? So, um, you know, they're still on this kick and the interesting, uh, sort of, um, thing that has happened, uh, lately is that they've, they've committed to hiring 10,000, uh, workers in the EU, to over the next five years to to work on this. Uh, I read from their blog, Facebook is at the start of a journey to help build the next computing platform. Working with others, we're developing what is often referred to as the metaverse, a new phase of interconnected virtual experiences using technologies like virtual and augmented reality. At its heart is the idea that by creating a greater sense of virtual presence, interacting online can become much closer to the experience of interacting in person. The metaverse has the potential to help unlock access to new creative, social, and economic opportunities. Um, so says Facebook. Um, but lots of questions. You know, they already have um, the folks from Epic Games kind of involved in, in this mix. And 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 they keep saying, they, they keep making sure to stress the idea that no one will actually own the metaverse the same way no one kind of really owns the internet itself. Mm-hmm. Um, it'll be this confluence of, of different entities that, that create things that can work in the metaverse and live in the metaverse and um and and so we'll see i thought it was really interesting that um they are hiring in the eu i wasn't sure if that was either because they because the eu has much stricter privacy and transparency laws and everything else they figure if we can get it done in the eu we can get it done anywhere um or are they trying to sort of just appease the eu with this little you know olive branch, you know, to kind of get them to maybe back off of some of those very strict regulations. Um, so there's a, there's a lot of a question around, around that, but you know, Facebook is, is kind of moving forward with this whole metaverse thing, whether the rest of us like it or not. Well, well, my question was, is it really going to be open source? Are you really going to invite all these people in That's and do this confluence? Saying. Are you really right, going right. to partner with <laughs> Apple? There's all this money to be made. Right. And Are you really going to, right. Y'all been 
you and Apple, Facebook and Apple, back and forth for a hot minute. If Apple comes up with this augmented reality piece that can tie into Facebook's confluence and all these things, is Facebook going to be like, oh, yeah, sure, let's standardize how we meet in virtual or or is Facebook going to do Facebook and be like, look, uh, we were the first to kind of coin this thing. We were the the granddaddies of this whole thing. We're going to prioritize our services, whether it be Oculus, mm-hmm. whether it be uh, whatever the case and may that's be. that's the thing. And they are, trying to, yeah, they are trying to be the ones that, that corner the market on the hardware. Mm-hmm. They are definitely trying to be first to market on whatever hardware ends up being the the, the standard to, to join the metaverse or, or live in the metaverse. In, and right? everybody else around them is supplying the software that creates the experiences. So, mm-hmm. yeah, because, you know, like as soon as this thing is real, Apple's device is going to be better. I'm just saying it probably <laughs> is. So, <laughs> it probably is. And, and, and there'll be ev- other, you know, budget devices and, and everybody going to have a device at some point. So it'll be interesting to see if they can get this thing stood up with their own hardware quickly enough to, to get mass adoption um, to make their money that way or, or not. Mm-hmm. Now, I can say this from a business perspective. I would be interested in this. I would love to, and I'm, I'm thinking of um, one of the Avengers movie, or maybe it was uh, one of the Captain America movies or something like that, but they're sitting around a table and it's the actual conference table. And you just see virtual avatars of some people who aren't physically there. Mm-hmm. And then some people are actually sitting at the table. And if you can get to that for business meetings, um, I can tell you this. I used to travel quite a bit when I was working in corporate. Um, you know, it, it was, uh, you know, I was executive platinum at one point, uh, you know, on an airline. Um, and I don't miss that. I don't want to go back to a time to where, you know, I want to talk to a customer. Therefore, I have to go physically go to the customer. And then from the customer standpoint, they don't really want you coming anymore either. Um, because that's a, you know, it's, it's, it's a big deal for a customer to bring a vendor on site. They've got to, they got to spend time with you. They can't put out the little fires that come up inevitably the day that you come out. Murphy's law does exist everywhere computers are. Um, so, you know, I can see this really helping, um, organizations that are trying to travel less or trying to still have that team build because you, you do lose stuff. You can't do everything in a zoom meeting. It's, it's it is, it is not the mm. same. It's, it's close. Right. It's, it's close. But it's not the same. You can't look to your left and physically see a person to your left. When that person to your to your right is talking, you don't hear them from your right. Um, this right. is going to address some of those things. So it'll just get right. you but, closer, in my opinion. But the uh, the problem is the problem with anything is Facebook can't really control what this turn what the metaverse turns into or right. evolves into. Right. I mean, just think of Facebook's inception. It was just a place where dudes could rank right at college. <laughs> right. Exactly. Now look at it, right? Facebook is fighting to stop the government from getting in. They're trying to stop all these other things, you know. So uh sure, Facebook, you can say, yeah, we want this thing to be open and we want this thing, metaverse, to be a vision of, like you said, Rob, uh telework and being closer when it comes to, you know, troubleshooting things with partners across the globe. But what if it turns into ready player one? Where people are just running. I don't know if y'all remember that. Movie. I do. I exactly. Do. You know, I mean, and you can't control it. Right. So that was the whole point of that movie was 
he wanted the, the, the creator wanted it to be this big thing where everybody did everything. And this one other company, IO, which reminds me of Facebook, was trying to uh, monetize everything <laughs> yeah, and trying to control it and everything. So it's almost like, you know, um, yeah, you can be a part of the metaverse, but, you know, it'll be interesting to see. If the, if, and I don't this thing think takes this off. has a mainstream application. I just right. don't. Human nature being what it is, mm -hmm. you, this this would just be such a horrible, horrible thing to have happen once you do get that full virtual, augmented, physical integration. This would be this would be horrible. The the porn implications alone would be horrible. You know what I mean? Just just that. Well, you but, know, that, you know it's, it's going else, to go there first. Everything else about it. Yeah. I, I think this has some really good, to your point, Rob, enterprise applications. Mm -hmm. And if it can stay in that ecosystem, I think they can still make a ton of money. Um, and and the way people do business changes for forever, but as a mainstream, popular, pop culture type of thing, oh my God, no, no, I don't want to live in that metaverse. Yeah, and then, I don't. I barely want to live on the internet we got now. And, and now you want to make it even more? You no, know, no. And no, the, no, no. the issue that Facebook is going to have is that Facebook has a reputation. Um, they may have very, very good intentions, and you know they 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 may be you know, straight up on what they're thinking. They want this thing this to is be. Not the but I just, yeah, I, I, I struggle no. to see where Facebook no. is going to just let this be open and then they not necessarily be the ones to make the most money. Right. Um, and this it's not Facebook. It's saying that you can do it, but should you? Right. And, and the answer is, is no. Yeah, and it's like, you know, you always think of this. Facebook product is us. That's it. Um, when we are the product. It just, like I said, they could have the greatest intentions in the world. I need to see a lot of other people sign up on this. Um, mm -hmm. you know, and it, it could be Apple. You know, I will say this about Apple. Apple's products are Apple's products. We talked about that before. Um, you know, so I, I want to see others outside of social media companies that are interested well, in doing this because like I said, I do absolutely see gave, some. The example that they gave, let me give you an example is like, you would be like a situation you said you'd be in a in a work meeting and you could actually kind of turn to your left and see this person and turn to your right and see quote unquote see this other person hear them that that whole experience would feel more real to you and then you could leave that meeting and then maybe Starbucks has a software as a service of as a part of the metaverse. So then you can go into a, a virtual coffee shop and have coffee with somebody halfway across the world. And it would feel as though you were interacting with that person as well. So it is basically like a very avatar-esque mm -hmm. um, kind of thing. Um, and, and, it, and it, you know, to hear it, it sounds amazing, but human nature being what it is, like it just, it, I, I see it devolving like, at light speed, honestly. <laughs> at light speed. Yeah, like I said, I uh, I don't want to poo-poo it before it actually is a thing. But Apple, Facebook, quick you in a hurry, right fast. Poo -poo. You need poo -poo. to get some other people signed up who actually build products that aren't people. <laughs> you know, where they build stuff that's going to go in here. Um, that That's what, to me, will make it uh, feel real. Yeah, I'm not living in Facebook's metaverse. <laughs> so you final final answer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was the question. And I don't know if I want to live in there either. So um at, at least not 
of what I know of Facebook. Like I said, I do want to give them some benefit of the doubt because I don't want to poo-poo something that does not yet exist. But uh, yeah, you, you, you've got to get some partners that are not social media companies to come along on this ride with you. So guys, that, you know, we, we are getting... What's your, what's your final answer, Terrence? You living in the metaverse or not? Nah? No, because again, I, why am I going to go to a fake coffee shop if I can't actually drink coffee? <laughs> You say go to a coffee shop. I'm going to drink some coffee. Okay, listen, I hear you. <laughs> you know, at some point, though, you know, let's just go 20 years from now. You probably don't even have to go that far. Let's go 10 years from now. You literally go to your Starbucks and you're sitting down next to somebody at Starbucks across the planet. And, you know, I, I, I could see technology getting, you know, to that point at some point. That's, so you actually are going to Starbucks. It's just that the person you're going to Starbucks with happens to be 6,000 miles away. So mm-hmm. that's, uh, you know, th- there are some practical applications to that. Uh, but like I said, I need for me, I need to keep it business. I don't want any of this in my personal life no, at, at all. I'm just I'm, I'm not ready for that yet. Absolutely not. Right. So, y'all, we are getting to that time of the show where uh, we're, it's about time for us to close it out. And uh, yet again, we do have uh, additional um, patrons who have joined us on our Patreon. You can reach us in, on Patreon over at patreon.com forward slash the tech job. And we actually got an email that I want to read for you guys, and uh, maybe we can get an answer, uh, you know, for this person. But, uh, you know, the email goes, and it's from Brian, uh, who just became a, a patron over on Patreon. I am really enjoying the podcast. As a father of two children of color, I need to understand this perspective for them. I just listened to episode three, and I will make sure to have cash on hand. So for those who don't know, episode three is where we talked about tip your delivery people. And he, Brian's issue, I'm just paraphrasing now, is that delivery folks drop his uh, food off so quickly that he can't get to the door before they're already gone. So they he, do do that. He's which is asking, kind of a little low key annoying. Yeah. So you know. So his question is, what can he do to tip his delivery people? And he's not even limiting to, to just uh, uh, food delivery workers. He's actually, you know, talking about how do I tip my Amazon driver. And his question is, should he leave a envelope that says Amazon driver or the <laughs> door? And I'm like, no, nah, I'm not necessarily no, recommending that. that um, no. Not on, you know, especially when I ask this question on the Internet. <laughs> so but uh, but, yeah, you know, what, what are some uh, do you, you guys can think of anything of any ways? Well, that this you is can- super uh, this is a super low tech way to do it. But in most, if not all of the delivery services I use, let's just talk about food, for example. Uh, you open up any sort of Uber app, uh, Uber Eats, rather, DoorDash, any of those things. Uh, once you put your order, I'm pretty sure there's a box that says special instructions for the driver or something like that. I mean, get real low tech and real straightforward and say, look, a tip will be provided once the product is delivered or once the food is delivered. Right. You know, something like that. You know, the, the company can be mad all they want to, but if they want to continue to keep this driver, he need you know, and you want to provide um, um, uh, some sort of reward for the service that they are providing. Put in the instructions. Say, you know, knock when you get to the door for to complete transaction or something in that to compel the driver to actually get to the door and say, okay, I've delivered your order. Yeah. yeah and then I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say, uh, I wouldn't something. put tip in the instructions, but I would, yeah, something like, you know, wait. 
two minutes or whatever to complete or, or, or transaction exactly, exactly and then mm-hmm. and then just get their cash app or something right and, and then so now you know every time they come or however often you want to tip them you can just hit their cash app up yeah that would that would make a lot of sense just to put some special instructions in the right yeah say something you know i will not accept delivery until transaction is final when we do the handoff and then once they get there you can do one of two things you can hand them the cash directly or you can do like what stephanie said create a get you can get tech with it you know put a qr code you know and have mm-hmm. the, the driver scan the code and then it opens up you know cash app and then you can do it that way if you really don't want to touch the person or talk to the person but you need them to scan this code you know put something in instructions and then finish the transaction that way i'd be willing to bet that we may have a delivery driver or two that's a listener of the tech john so if you are hit us up we are everywhere you can get us on facebook instagram uh twitter um just hit us up and let us know now now for for byra now Make sure the tip is worth it because the reason why these drivers are moving so fast is because they are getting clocked. So (laughs) if you want the driver to come to your door, knock on the door and then complete this transaction. Don't be doing that and not hand him a dollar. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Don't hand him a dollar. Be like, oh, man, I appreciate all the hard work you're doing. It's like, man, what am I do with this? So, and I also want to read um, all the new names. As I said, we have had uh, quite a few new patrons sign up over at patreon.com forward slash the tech john. So, this week we have Bex Fortin, Robert Milton, Zachary, Brian Jager, Sharice D, Kevin, and Angel O. So, thank you so much for becoming uh, patrons. We have a few slots left in our founding 50. You know, it's, it's almost filled up. Uh, you know, uh, Brian actually asked the question. He's like, "Hey, did I make it?" Because he, he he just slid in and it's like, "Yeah, you got there's a, there's a few few founding fifty spots left." So uh, if you are interested in getting uh, the you know into the founding fifty where we'll holler you out, go ahead and uh, jump in. Nice. So y'all, it was a pleasure doing the show with you again. As always, it's it's the time flies. It doesn't feel like we have a week in between these shows. But uh, this, this when you're was, having fun, yeah. This is this know? is our seventh episode, and we we so enjoy the you know the, the friends and family that are joining this journey with us. So um, we're going to. Oh go wait ahead a minute! And- wait a minute! Before we go, I want to shout one more person out because he, he tweeted me and he was like he loves the tech zone. Um, shout out to Seth Goldstein who has said he was loving the tech zone. So thank you, Seth. We appreciate you listening. Please, everybody, subscribe. All that good stuff. Yeah, check us on YouTube. We're putting all these videos up on YouTube. We could definitely use some follows, some subscribes, some Absolutely. likes, some comments over and there. And we so. will be streaming live sooner. We tried it for, today for our Patreon members. So we got y'all. We got y'all. It's coming. All right. So with that, y'all, until we uh, join again next week. Peace. Peace. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. 
Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.